Today I've got Eric Wall with me, who, uh, I mean the guy is just a goddamn genius, let's be honest. We're going to find out a lot more about what he does. Eric, thank you so much for your time, brother. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for letting me on here. Mate, I'm looking forward to this as I look forward to all the interviews, but tell me a little bit about your background, mate. I want to know what you do. Uh, yeah, so I was the uh, blockchain lead for a company called Sinober, and it's not, it's not a company that most people know about, but we were the largest competitor uh, versus NASDAQ in the exchange business. So we built the uh, technology for the London Metal Exchange, the oh. Australian Securities Exchange, and we, built the, we were the market leader in building clearing systems. So we built that for the traditional markets. I joined the company as a... You know, to structure up the blockchain strategy. So I worked there building uh, enterprise solutions for how to settle uh, securities on a, on a distributed ledger. Uh, I did that for a while. Eventually I did get bored of that because I kind of, I kind of found out that I, re I originally got into this space excited about crypto. And then after you get in excited about crypto, you get excited about the technology. So I was working on blockchain stuff and then I found you know, amazing interest in the financial industry and using this for their stuff. Uh, however, at the end of it, I kind of realized that, okay, so I got tricked into building database, database synchronization mechanisms for financial institutions. That's not very dis disruptive. And I, I, I think that I've lost belief in that the incumbents of the industry can really change by using new technology. I think that the change is going to come from outside. I think it's going to come from the block, uh, public blockchains like Bitcoin and Ethereum. So I wanted to move away from that. So. Yeah. What I did as the, uh, at Sinober, I started to build uh, cryptocurrency exchanges. So we built a matching engine that we sell, sold to Bitstamp. Wow. And uh, then we got acquired by NASDAQ. So you built that or you were part of the team that built uh, that? Well, I was the project lead and the architect of, of, wow, of, okay. of, of the um, specific components that would make our matching engine work with the cryptocurrency uh, engine. So, yep. So I wasn't the architect of the, the matching engine, I just made it work for a cryptocurrency exchange, yep. basically. Um, and so, yeah, but after the NASDAQ acquisition, unfortunately, NASDAQ is a bit more about blockchain than crypto. So yeah. that's why I left and did my own, I'm doing my own thing now, which is starting a cryptocurrency fund. So let's get into that. But before we do, I mean, that's a lot of movement. And, and it, like from a perspective, I suppose, of you being true to why you fell in love with cryptocurrency and blockchain, because you're quite right. The application of blockchain is being used through many big centralized companies all over the world, right? We know that. We're very aware of that. And it's the buzzword. Yeah, everyone's talking blockchain, police blockchain, that. But you left that because your ideals about what crypto can yeah, do. So, yeah. How hard as a decision was that for you to make, or was it just an easy one that you just went, you know what, I love this, and this is where I want to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I realized that after about one year of working with Enterprise Solution that it wasn't at all what I signed up for in the beginning. Uh, so I got interested in Bitcoin around uh, 2012, and I started trading it, and after that I became interested in the technology. I was studying computer science at the time, so I had the opportunity to align my studies with my interest in Bitcoin. So I began you know, studying the uh, blockchain technology at a very technical level. And I did write a master thesis on how blockchain technology works. And then I found that the, 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 the space which Bitcoin occupies, it's, it's, an, it's a mix of so many different aspects that makes it so inter interesting. It's game theory, politics, monetary theory, psychology, markets, everything. They, I, if you are an intellectually curious person, there is nothing more, there's no space that is more interesting than this space to be in because there are so many different facets that you can interact with and you can challenge yourself every day. So that's why I want to be, and I, I didn't feel that type of intellectual stimulation from the enterprise blockchain space because, you know, I mean, 
they said in the beginning that they we're going to be able to build you know decentralized architectures for the uh, uh, for financial enterprise you know but but uh, if you look at technically like how the, some of these platforms work so i began working with the hyperledger fabric platform and i was trying to use that to build a securities settlement system for central securities depositors however that was in 2015 when they launched still to this day they don't have a byzantine fault tolerant consensus algorithm which means that they haven't solved the decentralization problem. They still have centralized architectures, which they call blockchains, when in reality they're not. So, what's what's the intellectual, you know, challenge there? It's just you know building regular type of software for financial companies. Could get better over time. I don't know. But if you look, yeah. But if you look, if you look at what's going on in like the DeFi space of Ethereum, that's just you know. All the innovation is happening uh, in the public blockchain space right now, so that's that's kind of where you want to be if you're interested in this from like technical point of view. So look, I mean, let, let's talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum, okay? Um, a lot of people are saying a lot of things about both at the moment. Uh, of course, there's the BSV debate, there's the BCH debate, there's the Bitcoin debate. There's a lot of people saying that Ethereum is just going to go to nothing, that it's doing nothing, that it is nothing. Where do you stand on that side of things? I mean, do you have an opinion on what the real Bitcoin is and all this? Back and forth between these, you know, warring parties, so to speak, and also is Ethereum dying? Yeah. So um, the thing that Bitcoin, that what makes Bitcoin interesting and unique, is that you have, for for an, for a, for a precious metal like gold, you have these attributes that makes gold valuable. It's yeah. the, it's the fixed supply. Uh, if you want to get a digital asset to behave sort of like a precious metal, then the rules, I mean, in the, in the physical world, the rules are enforced upon the item by natural law, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you want to make a digital item that can compete at that level, you've got to have those same, I mean, you've got to have really strong mechanisms to keep the rules of the item intact. Yep. Because if they're vague, everybody can change it, then it's not valuable. Yeah. So Bitcoin, uh, the, the, the BTC, is the one that is focused uh, most strongly on maintaining the properties of the system. And that's the only way, if you want to create something like digital gold, it's all about you know, having something with predictable, strict you know, uh, uh, properties that you, that you, so that you can look at the, 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 the supply and say, well, this is only going to be 21 million. Or, so, so the rules have to be you know, very constrained and rigid in order for it to behave like a precious metal so that people can view it as a digital gold. Yep. And that's, uh, I think, the easiest use case for cryptocurrencies to, to, uh, to, to uh, challenge is yep. the digital store value uh, property. So um, when I'm saying that, a lot of people would consider me a Bitcoin maximalist. Oh, that's what I was trying to lead to. Yeah. So what are, you, what are your thoughts yeah. on Ethereum? Like, where are you at with that? Yeah, I mean, so Ethereum is an extremely complex project and they're trying to um, innovate in a lot of complex ways. I think there are uh, two things that makes Ethereum extremely attractive. And it's that the what they're trying to do in the second layer scaling solutions, it has a lot of promise. So the the, um, the Turing completeness of the Bitcoin, uh, sorry, Ethereum scripting language does allow you for more complex uh, second layer constructs. Yep. And those are sh showing promise. So that's one very promising thing about Ethereum. The second, the second promising thing is the DeFi space. So I think some people are brushing off DeFi as, as a fad, but what it's really about, it's building financial primitives as smart contracts on Ethereum and allowing those to interact and compose with each other so that you get an ecosystem of financial apps that you can leverage and use. And the nice thing about it is that anybody can 
build and tweak one of those components yep. and put them together in various ways. And anybody can interact and use the services for free without checking. You know, some, some of them have fees, but I mean, you don't have to sign a paper, you don't have to have an agreement, and the, the programs execute the way that you want them to. So it's sort of like collaborative computing for finance. And the amount of permissionless innovation that opens up for is going to be huge. So I used to work in the tra traditional financial space. Yeah. If, uh, if somebody would come up to an exchange that we built that is operational, for example, in the London Metal Exchange, and they say, okay, so we want to, well, let's take a securities exchange. We want to we wanna distribute the security according to a specific auction. Yep. Uh, if they want to tweak the parameters of that auction, then the exchange has to go to the technology provider and ask them to build a whole new thing. Yeah, it costs a lot of money, and it, I mean, for most, uh, for most issuers, it can't be done. The, mo the, the securities issuers, they, they don't get access to this type of flexibility. Yeah. In the Ethereum space, uh, playing around with these auction models, that's going to be open source. Anybody can look at what's been available, how they've been performing in the past. It just opens up you know, a whole wide array of playing around with financial tools that I think is incredible. However, I mean, Ethereum is a complex platform, has a lot of bugs, has uh, governance issues. There are so many ways that you can criticize the Ethereum as a project, yeah. but you got to look at those uh, things that are working because I think those things are going to have a long lifetime and, and progression in the space, you know, even regardless of what happens with Ethereum. I mean, Ethereum is, is where it's happening right now, but those core um, concepts can survive on other chains as well. But it, it's probably going to be Ethereum if they solve the technical issues with the platform. So you're about to uh, go into the crypto fund management space, I believe, Eric. So, I mean, where, where does that put you? I mean, obviously, there's a, a niche fund. I mean, how are you going to play it out? Well, for marketing rules, I can't specifically, yeah. I can't talk specifically about I ask the question, he avoids litigation. Um, but what, <laughs> what, what I can say in general is that if, if, if you speak to experts in this space that are technical experts that yeah. really understand the technology, uh, and you ask them to uh, build a portfolio that they would, um, how would they allocate to the space? Okay. And there are, there are a few concepts that uh, have any value proposition outside of Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is the, is the main one, it's the digital gold one. And there are ways that you could innovate around that. It could be in terms of making something more private. You could, uh, you could make uh, a scripting language, allow for superior constructs. Uh, and in, in, in those different areas, there's usually one or two projects within those areas that has the momentum, the developer communities, and the true innovation. So if you want to build, if you wanted to build like a good portfolio, uh, it would, you would, I, I, I believe you would have um, a majority position right now in the, in the tried and tested assets such as Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then you could have smaller allocations to these other ones, the, the, the competitors that are proving some innovative edge. Uh, because the valuations that you can buy them at are you know, so, so much substantially lower so that if they would outcompete the incumbent, then you could earn a lot of money yeah. on that. So it makes sense to have a small allocation to that. And then you would sort of have a portfolio uh, that regardless of you know, which the winners are, you are invested in cryptocurrency as a concept. Yeah. But what I, what I think most funds are currently doing is they're trying to establish these very complex narratives and they're investing too much in these you know, arcane, uh, uh, these um, complex uh, challengers in the space because they gotta, I mean, they gotta make it look like they're, they're, they're working. Themselves as well, yeah, right? yeah, well, they gotta look like they are doing something that other people can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that a product that just you know, allocates sanely, you know, minimalistically yep. to the space, 
would have so much lower cost of running the fund uh, that you and also uh, better returns. So I mean that's one way that you could do it. I can't talk about how our fund would do it. Of course not, not uh, yet. Yeah, 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 I can't. But uh, so, I mean, so, so I mean, that's. And I think probably even more importantly is about making sure that the incentives within a fund are aligned. So a lot of funds right now they allocate to the cryptocurrency space. Some of the projects make you know, amazing returns, and then the fund managers they get a return on how based on how they're outperforming fiat currency. But right. I mean that's to me. In my in my view, if you're not outperforming Bitcoin, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not you're not performing a service yeah, for your investors. That's a very good. So, that's the benchmark. Yeah, right, isn't you it? got you gotta measure your success compared to how you outperform Bitcoin. And I think that in a few years' time, we're gonna see some of these funds, and maybe they earn a lot of money, but they are down versus Bitcoin. Bitcoin. If they are down versus Bitcoin by a lot, that was a waste of everybody's money. Yeah. In my view. Yeah. But look, uh, we all want to know more about your fund when you can talk about it. So, where do the good people find out more information about you? Your Twitter, your, how, how do we follow you? How do we find out more? Yeah, so the best way to follow me is by going to my Twitter profile. It's E R C W L. Or just search for. E R C W L. Or just search for Eric Wall. Eric Wall, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time. Likewise. Good luck with the fun, mate. I'm looking forward to seeing what you come out with and what your strategy is. We'll speak again down the track. Thanks very much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. Bye for now.